Welcome to the Reclaiming You podcast. I'm your host, Valerie Schrader. On this podcast, I'm sharing my experiences of healing childhood trauma and the work that I do with my clients as a somatic trauma coach. We're also talking all about sex, love, relationships, career, and money as it pertains to healing and growth. The views on this podcast are my own, and keep in mind, I'm a cis white woman, so I have my own experiences of privilege. I may not always be able to relate to your journey, but I try my best to understand. If I do any harm, please reach out. I'm always willing to repair it. This podcast is mainly for women and AFAB people, but it's honestly for anybody on a journey of healing and growth. So enjoy. Welcome back to the Reclaiming Me podcast. As always, I am your host, Valerie Schrader. We are starting off in a brand new year, a brand new season, and I am so excited for what we have to come. So stay tuned. Today, I want to talk about our feelings as women, as vulva owners of being selfish, feeling ashamed of splurging on ourselves, taking care of ourselves, doing nice things for ourselves, because this comes up for all of us, um, self-included. And I've had a lot of really great conversations with friends about this recently, as well as clients. So let's dive in. I don't think I know a single woman alive or vulva owner alive that at some point has not experienced a certain level of internalized shame for splurging on themselves, for buying things for themselves, and not necessarily even splurging, right? Because that's all relative to our own context. But like, um, if you buy yourself something above your basic necessities, we'll just call it that, right? Like, I, I remember very distinctly at one point Being in the store with my daughter, um, who is 22, this was like when they were 20, so, you know, grown-ass adult, right? And (laughs) it was during, you know, a stage of the pandemic when they were having to live at home because campus was closed, everything like that. And we were getting a Lego set to do because boredom, right? So we got this big Lego set to do. And I justified, well, that's for my kid, even though they're adult, you know, I still splurge on my kid because that's my kid, right? But then I saw this really cute Nightmare Before Christmas tree tarot set that was 15 bucks. The Lego set, mind you, was $200 um, because we love Legos up in here. In case you're wondering, it was the Echo One Ghostbusters kit. It's amazing. Anyway, (laughs) back to the story. So when I picked up the the tarot cards, if you know me, you know I love all things witchy, spooky. Nightmare Before Christmas is a huge thing in my household. Like, that is how we decorate for Yule. We love it, right? So, of course, this is totally up my alley. Do I need another tarot deck? No. Do I want it? Yes. But I immediately felt my whole body tense up and anxiety start to build at the idea of buying it for myself. I'm like, no, no, I can't have it. And <laughs> afterward, like after the whole experience, <laughs> I was like internally going, bitch, 
we have been down this road before. We have done all of this. Why are you doing this to yourself again? Why are you going through this belief that the $200 was justified because it's for Angel, right? It's for your child, even though, yes, it's not a necessity, but like it was kind of a necessity for our mental health and well-being being, you know, limited to what we could do in a household at that point um, and out in public. But like, why are you just, why, like, why is that okay? But it's not okay for you to get something that's solely for you because you want it. $15 for the love of God. And it wasn't even a situation where like, um, it would have put me overdrawn or anything like that. Like I had the money, but what I had done in that moment was something that I've done many times in my life before where I was like, well, I spent enough over here. So if I spend anything extra and it's just for me, uh -uh, that's not okay. That is not okay at all. And I know if you're listening to this, you've had moments like that, or at least a moment like that. And you may not be aware of like why you get so tense, but you know, like the anxiety builds, like you feel a little icky or like, tell me if you're ever that person, you know, and I know I'm, this is a podcast, but I want you to leave me a comment, like reach out. Tell me if you're that person that has ever walked in the house and hidden what you've bought for yourself, if you have bought for yourself things, or you go through this whole like shame spiral after you buy yourself things. Like you feel so bad. You start looking at like your finances and seeing like, is there something I can cut? Or you like, you just, maybe you don't do that. Like you don't go that far, but like you beat yourself up about it. Even again, if it's not something super extravagant, and again, it's all relative, right? What's extravagant to me may not be extravagant to you or vice versa, right? Um, but there's that. So there's the hiding of things. There's the beating ourselves up. There's the like, what can I get rid of? What can I do to make up for this? Or if you're a business owner like me, then you immediately go into, I need to work extra hard right now to make that worthwhile. It's kind of like the same thing we do with food, right? When we quote unquote splurge on having a treat, right? Or eating something that is quote unquote unhealthy or bad for us. And I'm saying that in quotes because every friend that I have that works in the medical field and especially deals with nutrition and diet, they hate, hate the idea of labeling foods good or bad. And there's a really good reason for that because if you've ever dealt with ED, eating disorder, the idea of shaming certain foods really plays into that. As somebody that dealt with that myself, I can tell you labeling foods as good or bad is not great. I, my disorder was in excessive working out and monitoring the intake of my food and then shaming myself for eating certain things and like working out obsessively. And I'm talking about like, I would spend two hours in the gym or two hours plus at my studio, just burning off everything I could, or I'd do both, right? It has the same energy with the spending, right? We ate the chocolate cake. We have to make up for it somehow. We have to beat ourselves up for it. And then we have to eat super restricted after that, which by the way, is not good 
to just keep taking yourself up and down through these drastic fluctuations with your diet. Like, should you be eating chocolate cake every day, all day? Probably not, because you're going to be missing certain nutrients, right? You're, you're not going to be taking care of your body as well as you could. And, you know, probably not feel so great afterward. Um, and, you know, if, if there's any health issues like diabetes or whatever, probably not good for you. But, like, it's not wrong. It's not bad, to have a piece of chocolate cake when you want a piece of chocolate cake. If you menstruate, (laughs) we all know the cravings are real, right? The cravings come in and we need (laughs) something to sustain that. Like one of the things I love doing in groups is coaching people on paying attention to their cycle because at certain times of your cycle, you're going to need a little bit of extra calories like I think it's about one to 200 more calories when you are menstruating um, that your body needs to help it do what it's doing, to help cleanse and flush your, your uterus, right? Your uterine lining, all that. So it's not wrong. And even if you're not menstruating, again, you're, you're going to have fluctuations in intake of food and what you crave at different times. And that's okay. The more you get in sync with your body, you'll start to recognize cravings more. And what the, the thing is, is that we're, we're eating things because we want them. We're not eating them to fulfill something emotionally. Like emotional eating, that's a whole situation. That's a whole thing, right? But what we are doing is giving ourselves permission to enjoy what we enjoy and not make it a big thing, Right? I'm sure you can hear my dog Pico in the background barking about all of this. She's irritated too, right? So the same thing with spending, right? We're not trying to spend above our means, going into debt, right? You know, buying to the point that we can't pay our bills and then things are late or unpaid and then we're getting bank fees, right? Or we're draining out our savings, just to splurge on things that are unnecessary. But we are allowed to splurge on ourselves. We're allowed to buy things for ourselves that we want. We're allowed to do nice things for ourselves. Like, not to make this a a issue of gender, but like, I have never met a cis man, especially a cis het man, um, or a gay man, because every gay man that I am friends with will tell you the same thing. I've never met one that has questioned buying themselves something nice, like buying themselves nice clothes, whatever. Like, no, I look good. I want to look good, right? I've never met a man that has felt bad about that, unless there's like some really, really deep family wounds around not having enough money. And even if there is a little bit of shame, it doesn't stop them from doing it. But for women and vulva owners, there tends to be a lot of shame. So whether you are non-binary and, and you present as femme or not, there's this whole like societal conditioning that we get as children And then as we grow up, it keeps being reinforced 
that makes us feel this way. What is it? It's this whole idea that we're supposed to be the nurturers. We're supposed to be the caretakers. So we shouldn't want anything for ourselves. We shouldn't have needs above taking care of others, right? We're supposed to be these saint little creatures that walk around and are like, for you, for you, for you, none for me. I don't need any, right? I'm good. I'm happy. I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied just to take care of you. Now, as a coach and as a mom and as just a human being, right, as a friend, as a daughter, whatever, I love taking care of people. I love looking out for the people in my world. I love supporting people to be them their best selves. But I get that too, right? I, I, I deserve that as well. It's not just a one-sided thing here. Um, we all know what it's like to be in a one-sided relationship where you give and give and give and give and give and you never get in return or you get bare minimum, you get scraps. It feels like shit. It sucks. It, it completely destroys our sense of worthiness or challenges it at the very least and makes us feel like we are nothing to the person that, that is just taking and taking and taking, right? I see this as a huge reason why there's a lot of divorces among hetero couples. Be- and not even just hetero couples, because a lot of us, whether or not we, we work in the binary or not, we are learning so much from society and society promotes such a heteronormative idea of love and relationships that regardless of the couple you're in, you're playing into that. And I see it happen all the time, but especially in hetero couples, right? There's this partner, usually the woman or vulva owner, that is giving and giving and giving. And there becomes a day where you're like, I can't take this anymore. I'm getting scraps. I'm getting scraps of scraps. Or I'm just not getting anything anymore and I'm done. I'm not playing anymore. I'm out. It's because of this. Because there's this expectation and this unconscious belief among all of us that if you are a woman or a vulva owner you are the nurturer you are the caretaker and it is selfish for you to want anything above that I I remember very distinctly when I was younger having my mom shame me for wanting things for myself Or like anytime my grandmother would take me someplace to buy me clothes or something, right? And sometimes I would ask for things like, I'm a kid, of course I'm going to ask for a toy if you take me to a toy store, right? We all do that, right? And my mom is a narcissist, if you've been listening for a while, like you know that. But still, I know so many other friends and, and women and Volvo owners that grew up with moms who weren't that way. But because of the conditioning that they learned from their mothers and then their mothers and then their mothers, similar messages were there. It's selfish to want things. It's selfish to, you know, ask for toys and and clothes and, and concert tickets or whatever it is, right? Whatever you're asking for when you're younger. It's selfish, And what's really going on a lot of the times is one, that conditioning that's passed down that says, nope, it's too much to ask for that. So like 
the older generation of women and vulva owners before us, like they put us in our place, quote unquote. Or it's also on a parental end, an inability to deal with lack of finances or minimal finances, right? And what I'm saying by inability to deal with that is the inability to have a discussion about that that does not place the shame on the child. Because that happens a lot. That's, what, that's part of what I got. Part of it was my mom having control over me because I couldn't, I couldn't have above her, right? I couldn't have above her. And I knew also part of it was financial. She didn't have the fucking money. I mean, we, we went through a whole period of housing insecurity and instability where we were moving around and around and around, right? Because we didn't have a stable home, right? So I knew that that was there. But, but it didn't make sense as an adult to why I was being told I was selfish. What happened was my little brain latched onto this belief it was selfish and wrong for me to ask for things for myself. Like Christmas, you get presents, but you don't really get to ask for anything. Like I don't, I don't ever really distinctly remember like making a whole Christmas list. Like I think I made them in schools when we were asked to make them in schools or, you know, um, really asking for a whole lot. Like I would ask for things, but I would always then tense up if I asked for them every so often. And it was all because I was already conditioned to believe it was selfish for me to want things. Kids want things. They don't have a concept of money. They don't understand it, right? They don't understand that the, the card you swipe or insert now, it doesn't have an unlimited amount of funds on it. Like, it's just think that the money is there, right? I remember my own daughter, like... Thinking like you could just write a check for something or you could just, you know, put the card in and the money would be there. And like that, that got into a discussion about like, well, actually, like you have to have a certain amount of money. And this is where a lot of parents go wrong is they make it the child's fault for what there is in lack. And let's be real here. We are living in a time where inflation is really high. We're all wildly aware of the fact that our our government, like if you're living in the U.S., is not really taking care of us, right? <laughs> what it does like to do is drain our pockets and then blame us for the fact that, like, we're broke. No, it's not our fault. <laughs> Are there things that we can do? Yes. This is why I love encouraging women and Volvo owners to become business owners, because we're no longer under the control of a system that was never set up to let us win. You know, this idea of, you know, financial freedom and abundance. And, you know, we see all the, the like, coaches out there that are like, you can make millions a year off of this if you just try and sign up my program. I'm not talking about that. Like, when I work with women to build their businesses, I'm like, we're talking about building sustainable, safe income to build some generational wealth, but doing that in a way that also honors ethics and our values. So it may not be millions, but like a sustainable living that 
is above just your basic needs. Like that creates some sense of stability while also allowing you to do things for yourself, for your family, whoever it is that you desire, right? That's amazing. That's what I do for myself. That's what I encourage others to do because it's certainly not going to happen in this rat race. It's just not. But again, this is also playing into why we're taught that it's selfish for us to want things because we're taught in a very capitalistic society that we should work, 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 work to try to get that carrot, you know, that, that big position, that big raise, that big amount of money coming in. And if we don't, we're failing at it. But also at the same time, it shames us for wanting things. Meanwhile, there's this top 1% that has so much wealth so much and a a born amount of it right like i'm definitely not a fan of billionaires there's no there's no logical reason like anybody needs to be a billionaire because it is above anything that one person could ever need in a lifetime let's distribute out some of that but i am for building some generational wealth i am for building Stability and building a life that allows you to thrive, not just get by paycheck to paycheck. I am for an income that if you want to travel the world, allows you to do that and have experiences. If you want a nice home, right? But like, we don't have to be like so wrapped up in that. But here's where, here's the crux of that. There's no ebb and flow of wanting for ourselves, and also acknowledging like we don't need to an excess like we don't have to have income to an excess and we don't have to purchase everything under the sun I practice intentional spending and when my clients want to work on money stuff with me we always work on intentional spending because there's a lot of times that we also just buy things to try to fulfill a need it's the same thing as emotional eating right we we are feeling bad, so we either go to the chocolate cake or we go shopping to make ourselves feel better. That I'm not for, but I am for letting yourself do something that makes you feel good, right? If, if that is concert tickets, if that is new shoes, a new outfit, plants. I have a lot of plants. I love my plants. I love my concert tickets, if that is going to an event, if that is going on a vacation, I don't know, like, if that is upgrading something, or getting a facial, getting a massage, whatever, like, it's not selfish. It's not bad. We have to just break through this conditioning that says we are selfish, and we should feel ashamed of having that. We should go and hide our purchases if we buy ourselves new clothing for the first time in forever, even though like everybody else in our household or around us is getting new clothes. But, you know, we do that one trip every couple years. Um, We should feel bad about it or every year, right? Like get a couple new things because like your pants are literally like fraying at the seams. That's not bad. And we don't need to hide it. We don't need to feel ashamed of it. We do have to work on reconditioning ourselves to stop feeling shame. 
Like, when you hear people talk about the good girl syndrome, right? This is what that is. This is textbook that. This idea that wanting for ourselves is bad. A confrontation is bad, right? Taking up space for ourselves is bad. And it's not. And, and what we have to understand to help decondition that is what is the purpose of teaching us that is bad? It puts us in our place, right? Well, what is the place? Caretaker. Take care of everybody else. Make yourself constantly and completely consumed with taking care of everyone else. So that you don't want for anything else. So that you don't question, hey, is this marriage actually that great? Or is this relationship that great? Am I actually getting enough from this job? Shouldn't I be paid more? Because I can't even buy myself a new pair of pants when they're getting bad and I'm worried about it. Or new glasses. I can't go to the dentist. I can't. Go out to eat with my friends or get a haircut or massage to work out the knots from all the stress that I'm holding. Well, if you start recognizing like you're getting sh- the shit end of the stick by being told like don't want over and over again and you question that, you start pushing back. You push back against the bad relationship where you are being served up shit on a platter and being told like you should love it. It's great. Keep holding on to it. Or the shit in the platter of your your CEO of your company giving themselves yet another raise while nobody else has seen a, a raise or bonus in, in years, right? Or minimal, right? And you're having to work a second job or trying to find a side hustle or whatever. Or... You are earning enough, but like in order to earn enough, like you're working so many fucking hours that you're not really enjoying your life. That's most of my clients. Like most of my clients, they make great money. The problem is (laughs) they have to work in a corporate job or put in so many fucking hours to earn that. That there's not a lot of time afterward to actually enjoy life. To go out and do nice things for themselves. So when you start understanding that like, wait, I deserve better. I actually deserve to splurge on myself. I deserve to love myself. I deserve to have that chocolate cake if I want it. I deserve to take a vacation. I deserve to get a massage. I deserve to have clothing that makes me feel good about my body. When you start acknowledging that, it's really hard to settle for the shit anymore. And then we make radical changes. And what we've been taught is to fear making those changes because somebody's going to be upset. Either like a partner will leave you know, it'll disrupt our relationship that, that we're, we know has problems, but like, it's not that bad. Right. And I need my partner. I don't, I don't want to leave them. I mean, I want things to be better. I, I just, I don't think I could make it alone without them or the shitty job. 
every client that I've worked with where we've broken through this has realized actually they didn't want the partner. The partner was shit. The partner wasn't really a great partner. So they left. Their friends, the family that they set boundaries with or just, you know, went cut relationship with, better was there. Better jobs were there. And I'm not saying there's not, you know, like a little period of like transition, especially when it comes to jobs or like setting boundaries within your business. Like I, it, I am living proof of that because I remember a time where I really, really believed that in order for me to make a lot of money in my business, and this is when I had my studio, I had to work all the time. And I mean, like, I was putting in 50 to 60 hours a week between, like, either in the studio and then doing admin work for the studio. And then I started recognizing, like, fuck this. Quality time with my daughter is great, but I want actual quality time and I want to enjoy more of it. And I want to enjoy my own life. So I started cutting back. And then now that I strictly have my coaching business I work less hours than I ever did then and I earn more income and again this is not about trying to be like filthy rich or anything like that but like it's about enjoying life and what it allowed me to do was to start rethinking what my priorities were look at what I wanted for myself also, it, it reshaped how I priced what I offered and what I offered because, yes, I wanted to make it accessible, but I also wanted to honor my time, my skill, my knowledge, my education because I, I started to work on that wound of feeling selfish for wanting, feeling wrong for it. That's what happens. We shift out of this this loop that we get put into you know where we we try we keep trying and trying and trying to you know be better be more so that one day we'll feel worthy and then feeling shame all over again when we do things because what we're really not addressing is the fact that it's got nothing to do with us it never did This idea that we're selfish for wanting things for ourselves, for splurging on ourselves, for doing nice things for ourselves or giving ourselves nice things. This idea that we should feel ashamed if we don't fit a certain body image. And, you know, it's all because we we ate that piece of chocolate cake or went to Taco Tuesday or whatever a week ago. Right? It's all wrapped up in this idea that we can't be good enough. That we will never be good enough. And that has nothing to do with us and everything to do with others. And even like when we learn that from our parents, on some level, it's not even anything to do with them. They're just repeating what they were taught. It doesn't mean there's not accountability, right? Like... It's fucked up to teach your kid that it's selfish to want things. It's fucked up to teach your kid that 
it's bad and wrong to, you know, not have the certain body type, to not look a certain way, to not fit in a certain way. It's not bad. It's not wrong. And that's what I hope as you're listening to this, you're getting. This has nothing to do with you. This is, has everything to do with shit that we are taught as women, as vulva owners, that is just meant to keep us in a certain place. So when we break free from that, it's threatening to others. And yeah, there's going to be people that we leave. There's going to be changes in our lives, right? Jobs that we may leave. But there's better on the other side. I guarantee you there is. I know it for myself. I've known it for my clients. I've known it for my friends. I have watched several of my friends make that decision to say, you know what? This ain't working for me. This is not work for me. I am done. I am not playing this game anymore. You're not going to pay me what I want and what I deserve. I'm going to go find a job elsewhere. Or you're going to pay me well, but you're not going to allow me to take a break. I'm going to start setting boundaries with you on my time and say, when I, when I joined this team, when I was hired on, this is what I agreed to. This is what I will give you. It's where the whole quiet quitting thing came up with. It's not that people are being lazy and don't want to do their jobs. It's that they want to be valued. And they also don't want to be asked to, to go to extremes just to get by. They're done with it, right? It's all about self-worth. So it all applies together. I hope this gives you some food for thought. And I hope this challenges you to rethink how you feel about yourself when you are in that place of doing nice things for yourself. When you are, quote-unquote, splurging on yourself. When you are allowing yourself to eat those quote-unquote bad foods. When you are questioning, am I getting enough from this relationship? Am I getting enough from this job? Should I set some more boundaries in my business so I don't feel like I'm just giving and giving and giving because that's the role I'm supposed to take without any type of limit to make sure that I'm happy. To make sure I feel good. Right? Otherwise, what is it all for? What's the point? Get to enjoy this life. If you got something out of this, if you're resonating, leave me a comment. Let me know what's coming up for you. Share this with somebody that can definitely use this. Make sure you're subscribed. And, you know, give a review. And if you are a woman or vulva owner that is ready to break free from all of this and be in community with other women and vulva owners that are just like you that are saying, fuck this, I deserve better. I choose better. I want better. And you're a little witchy or a lot witchy or not witchy, but you're kind of witchy curious. I want you to go sign up for the waitlist to the Wild Witches Coven. I will be starting this coven. It is a membership for women involved owners to break out of their cycles, lift each other up, and use somatic tools to do that. We will be meeting twice monthly, Sunday mornings, Eastern time, 10.30 a.m. to 
move together. We'll focus on a specific topic, do some meditation, do some release work, some intention setting, some celebration rituals. We have a private community that you'll have access to and a whole grimoire. I'm calling it a grimoire. It's a vault of recordings of practices and of things to inspire you to help you keep moving forward i hope that you sign up for the waitlist for that the sale for signing up will start in a week i'm super excited and there's an early bird price an introductory price that you can lock in which means if you sign up for the price when this gets launched that is the price you stay at so Check that out. Link in the in the show notes. I hope to see you in the coven. It is going to be absolutely amazing. I've already got like over 20 people signed up for the wait list to join. But as a final note, you deserve nice things for yourself. You deserve to also be taken care of. You deserve better. Remember that and have a great week.